Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Welcome to the Killer Women podcast, a proud member of the Authors on Air global network with over 4 million listeners. I am your host, Claire. My guest today is my mom, uh, suspense author, Danielle Gerard. Danielle is a USA Today and number one Amazon bestselling author of 16 novels. And today we'll be talking about her newest book, Up Close, which is available now. Thank you so much, Claire. It's so fun. You've been wanting to do this interview for a long time. So here you are, the star of the show. And I am really grateful. Claire just graduated from college. She's off to Europe for um, a fun trip on Saturday. So she's squeezing this all in. (laughs) And um, I'm really grateful. So I'm happy to be here. Celebrate you. Thank you. So tell us, tell your listeners about the book. So Up Close is the third book in the Badlands thriller series, which is set in the fictional town of Hagen, North Dakota. The books do stand alone. So if you haven't read the first two, White Out and Far Gone, it's not necessary. I always think if you're a series person, start at the beginning, of course. Um, in um, Up Close, there are, it's the book opens when three teenagers have died under very different but suspicious circumstances. One drowned, one drove his car through the plate glass window of the diner in town, and the third is found in a ravine. And Kylie Milliard, who is our detective and is our detective in the series, is faced with figuring out how these are connected, what is going on with these teenage kids, and how she can stop it before the next kid dies. That is exciting. Now, the first two books of the series, the Badlands Thriller series, are centered around Lily Baker, um, White Out and Far Gone. What made you change, I guess, directions and focus mainly on the detective Kylie Milliard? Yeah, so the first book opens with um, Lily Baker uh, on the edge of an overpass after a car accident. And she doesn't recognize the driver of the car who's unconscious. She can't wake him up. She doesn't know who she is or how she got there. And so this, you know, that whole book is really about her uncovering this sort of horrible thing that happened to her in her past. And Kylie is the detective in town. She's the only detective in this uh, small town of about a thousand people. She's also the only female on the police department. She's from Fargo and she's an outsider. So in those books, she's really just, getting her bearings and mm-hmm. um and trying to help lily uh, you know obviously in in this in sort of the situation while investigating the death of, an, of another woman who who lily knew and so those first and then fargon sort of continues that and introduces a another character a young woman a teenager named hannah who also appears in up close and it's and so i but i felt like you know kylie had all this her own backstory she she came to Hagen from Fargo, which is where she grew up. It's a much bigger town, but she couldn't be a detective in Fargo. She didn't have the credentials. And so she went to Hague, came to Hagen to basically get the experience she needed to go back to Fargo and get the detective job. But as the series has progressed, she's also found that she loves this small town. Yeah. Yeah. And she's found a community and she's, there's a gentleman that she cares about. Um, 
and and so it becomes a real conflict for her about does she want the big detective job in a big town or is there enough in Hagen to make her want to stay there uh, and so this it felt like an opportunity and this is at the moment the last book in the series um I always say that and and you know there's only four books in the Schwartzman series but I have I have a fifth book in my brain. So the question is, you know, when, if I write it and when I write it, but for now, this is the end of the series. And I feel like, you know, if you read books one and two, you know, Lily Baker is in a okay place. I won't yeah. give, I won't give anything away about that, but that Kylie She's was safe. really, the, that Kylie was really the one, you know, that, that sort of, we hadn't really figured out her story and her life. And so that is what uh, up close does. And it was really fun. I mean, the, the world is still there. Ivor, who's also, you know, a huge piece of books one and two is, is also a point of view character in this book. Um, it's, it's- Who we didn't see as much in Far Gone. Exactly. So each person sort of has a point to step forward. So yeah, I so that. I think, yeah. yeah, it's fun. I mean, that's the fun thing about a series, right? Is when you have a cast of characters, each story can kind of feature them a little bit differently. They're not, nobody disappears exactly. But as you said, right, Ivor is is a much lesser presence. He does not have a point of view in in Far Gone, and uh, and yet you know he's a point of view character and a very big piece because he is the guidance uh, counselor at the high school in this book, yes. and um, and there's a lot of pressure on him too to figure out um, what's going on with these kids if he wants to keep his job. So it's a it was really fun to focus on those two, and they have a you know, the, the detective and the school counselor. So Kylie and Ivor have a, a you know, a, a little bit of a conflicted relationship, right? I mean, Ivor wants to protect the the privacy of these kids, even though they're underage, um, because something's clearly going on and he doesn't want any more of them to get in trouble. And mm -hmm. Kylie is like, I need to know exactly what's going on. I need to know, I need to be able to talk to these kids. You got to give me access. So he's in a in a difficult situation as well. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that sounds so exciting. It's going to be really fun. And I do. I love that in each book, you kind of, you get to learn more about the characters. You see more of their stories. Um, I think it's really cool. Cause yeah, in Kylie, what had a point, you know, she was a narrator in the first two books, but yeah. much less significant um, in, in both, even though she was the one obviously solving kind of these, these murders or these crimes. Yeah. Um, in White Out and Far Gone, but it is cool that we get to um, see a little bit more um, of her. And also, she's, I, I love her character. Um, and I love the progression we see of her because the first two books, she's a little curt. She's like, I think not as likable as some of the other characters. So I think ending the series with more with, with giving her more space and and kind of we the audience gets to understand her a little bit more is kind of a cool full circle full circle moment which I you know was was exciting to read. I appreciate that. I and I do think that there is there's truth in the sense that she was sort of an unwilling participant in the town when she got there. She was an outsider. She didn't want to be there. That obviously shows. You know, you can tell when somebody doesn't want to be somewhere. Um, and you know, her job was really about just solving these crimes, which meant getting in everybody's business and not really obeying the rules. As an of outsider in a small community, yeah, exactly. There was she wasn't the most likable. I don't remember. I didn't love her in White Out. Um, I liked her a little bit more, but still not, she was not my favorite character in, in Far Gone. Um, so seeing her, I think, like you said, 
settle into the community is, was really, really cool in this book. Thank you. Yeah. I really, it was really fun to write and it was, it was fun to, because, you know, I think even unlikable people, usually they have a story about why, you know, why they're unlikable. So it was fun to get a chance to dig into her. And I do feel like it's a fun, it's a fun feeling when you are ending a series and you feel like everybody is going to be okay. <laughs> you know, everyone's I mean, safe and healthy except the dead people. Cause they're, you know, still dead, but, you know, the main, yeah. And it yes. is cool. We also get to see, um, Lily and Hannah because, you know, they were huge, huge parts of the last book. Yeah. Um, and Lily at the last two, you know, it was, a, it was really about her centered yeah. around her. So, um, being able to see them in this book was also really, really nice. Um, Thank you. All right. So I have a few questions for you. More about just you as a writer, your process. Yeah. Perfect. What inspires your writing? It is dark writing. Um, <laughs> what inspires it? I know, right? I mean, what as my child, as my child, you probably know. Dreams of murder. You, try, you probably know the answer to this. I mean, we, we, we talk about this at the fam, you know, and in the family, because, you know, I think I'm a uh, worst case scenario thinker, which you have grown up with. So, you, you know, unfortunately, yeah. I probably made you a worst case scenario thinker yeah. too. Um, I think, you know, I think writing is a way of working out my own fears. It's a way of tamping, you know, my anxiety about the world, about my disappointments in the way that justice is actually served or, Totally. Or, or not served. Um, and I think it makes me, it kind of calms the part of me that just needs to be reassured that even if justice isn't wholly just, it, at least there are, there is justice out there, even if in this, in lots of cases, it is fictional. So I think that's probably why I write. I also, there's something, so I, mean, I can, when I'm in a book and I'm at my computer, I mean, hours and hours pass it's mm -hmm. just this incredible I don't know it's just it's like it's a it's like a beautiful meditation where I just I don't even I kind of sort of come to and realize oh my god I you know I wrote yeah, yeah. a thousand words and I wasn't yeah. even so I don't know it, it's it's definitely the thing I love I'm also like as you know I'm such an avid reader um and I wasn't always an avid reader you're actually a much more avid reader than I was at your age but at some point I discovered how much I love story and books yeah. and you know we sort of grew up in a, fa a family of storytellers right I mean my dad you know Papa was yeah. a big huge storyteller uh Nicole I mean my yeah, siblings I was about to say so yeah yeah Nicole's a great storyteller I mean I think it was sort of in our blood um and yeah. and so that you know it's just the joy of a story too it's the joy of un unpeeling and I think there's something and you you do that you know this too from your own studies and experiences is that it's really interesting to peel people back you know to peel the layers of like yeah. somebody looks a certain way right they project this I got all my I've got it all together or I'm a mess or I'm I'm tough or and if you peel back the layers of course there's all sorts of stuff inside that are contradictory and I love to explore the contradictions that we yeah. all are I I mean I assume you just fall in love with the people you write you become them you step into these roles when you're writing from their point of view it probably is and it also is like it's you like you said it's a, such an escape you know yeah but so is writing romance like I just you know what <laughs> is it about mm -hmm. you know it is the like is it 
what is it about the genre? I mean, I know the first, the story of the first book, you know, is it just something that felt natural? Did it come, you know, I think, I think I, most women I know, they love true crime, any podcast, listen to the shows, the movies, if there's some sort of like, you know, we, we really, there's like a, it's like not, I don't want to say sick fascination, but we get, we really do like to know. And I think part of that, especially being a woman, it's like, a curiosity of like, what would I do in that situation? Like we're more vulnerable than others. Like what, you know, so that's why I know I, that's why I, sometimes I get really wrapped up in these stories. I also, you know, for me, like suspense is one of the most fast paced, but you're, they're like the quickest, you know, you don't really want to pause. There's so many cliffhangers. There's so many questions to be answered that they go fast, you know, are any of these things reasons or, or do they factor into why you write what you write? I think, I mean, I think it's a good question. Like, you know, my, as you know, from like, we talked about the first book, my first writer friend was a romance writer. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, obviously I, I still enjoy rom I enjoy romance. I enjoy literature. Yeah. I think there was something in me that, you know, literally I, I just started writing and there was a dead body, but I think really it comes down to stakes. Um, and, you know, in totally. the, there are no higher stakes, right? There's no higher stakes. Life and or death. it's not yeah life or death but also like justice and redemption and uh, I think those are the things that that really impact us and love of course is is one as well and you know and, and I, I books is totally yeah. yeah it is in all the books it is in the books and I you know I struggle sometimes with the idea that you know a romance can be often sort of like there's a miscommunication and then they fight and and for me, that only sustains my my writing interest for a short amount of time. People do it beautifully, and you know it's the biggest it's the biggest genre. So I'm not at all dissing no. romance writers, but for me, I think it's that it's the pace, it's the stakes, it's the danger. And and I'll, and to your point, it is about you know we're women and we're more vulnerable physically. Um, so there is a part of it's probably like, you know, how would I deal with this situation? How could I get out of the situation? I, it's funny, I know you love true crime and obviously it's a huge, true crime actually scares me because I, I know. know it's true. It's actually horror, but like anything actually scary, like you don't actually watch, like you don't like to be scared, which is just funny. It's just such a, and then we're talking about contradictions and all these characters. Like it's weird, it's like you are this person who like produces this very like dark you know sus these stories that are so suspenseful and and scary and like when I'm reading them at night I don't want to go into like my outside my room because I'm like spooked but you don't you don't really watch I mean you do like we used to love like Rosalian Isles and Bones we watch all those mm -hmm. shows mm -hmm. but you aren't like a big you're not like listening to this stuff or like you don't actually beyond your writing and creating these stories you aren't really tuning into these different things that are these are these other you know these other forms of it in the media whether that be a tv series a fictional tv series or like true crime well it's funny like so i read so many thrillers also because you know the yeah. podcast i'm reading you know right, six right. six thrillers a month which is wonderful and i love i do love 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 thrillers but i there is oh something God. about when it's real i know that scares me <laughs> and there's something about movies and t i mean so Rosalian isles it's always like well, there yeah. are moments where they're being like chased and it's scary, but it's not like watching a Stephen King movie. I 
and or like Silence of the Lambs, which you know people were compared my very first novel to that book, and I never could read the book, and I never saw the movie. So, the Silence of the Lambs is not as scary as like it's not as scary as it I feel like it used to be. Maybe like the newer horror and crazy stuff is terrifying. Ari Aster, um, Jordan Peele. There's so much scarier stuff out there now, but that's horror. It's a little different, but you don't like no. to be scared. It was plenty scary for me. And I left in the middle and I, I will yeah. never watch it again. And I'm, you know, and I don't, I really don't, even like the, the, even watching the shows, you know, the crime shows, I have a tendency to try to fast forward through the moments where somebody is yeah. like being stalked or chased. I don't know. I, I think that's, it is a, it's a, like you said, it's an interesting contradiction. Um, I don't, I can't explain it other than that's just the way it goes. And well. I love it too. I like all, I, I like all of it. I like being yeah. a little scared. It's kind of fun. All right. So you were talking about how you get lost in the process. Like you'll be writing and then look up and it's been hours of past. Does writing always energize you or does it ever feel exhausting? I mean, can you speak to the, the process or maybe what the most difficult part of the process of writing is? Of course. I mean, I know, of course it doesn't always energize me. Um, I think it's when you're in the, when you have an idea and you're in the moment and a scene is unfolding and the characters, it's real. I sort of sometimes feel like I'm a conduit, right? There's a muse talking to me and all my job is just to move my fingers on the keyboard. Um, and then of course the, the, something happens and I, I'm, I realize I didn't, something I did doesn't work and I'm going to have to go back or, you know, cut something or, and then it's, it's, you know, it's hard. I mean, it's a very individual thing. So there's nobody there to say to you like, oh no, you got this, except for, you know, you can call writer friends or, or your children and they'll say that. But um, so it is, it's a mixed blessing, of course, but um, when it is going well, it's, it's the most amazing it is yeah. so energizing and I come away from you know because you live with me for a long time I come away from a good writing day and I am like dancing and I'm yeah. all and then I come away from a bad writing day and I'm like a little lump of clay in my chair so, right I go to bed right and so that, read. what's that read you go to bed yeah. and you read it's true um and that the love of the uh, the love of story, you know, brings me back always. But um, I think there's a lot of hard parts of it. I think it's lone. It can be really lonely. It um, the business is super challenging. I was gonna ask, yeah, yeah. Do you have any advice you would give to aspiring authors or writers? And then kind of piggybacking off that question, maybe what's the most? And this might be the piece of advice. What's the most significant lesson you've learned in this industry? Um, yeah. You know? In publishing or you know in this in, in in kind of you know selling your art yeah oh right and that is i mean so that comes down to it right being an artist is a very uh vulnerable choice because totally. right? because you know I, I used to compare a book to sort of a baby and obviously it's not that because your babies are your babies and that's a million times different but it is a little bit has there's a similar parallel that when you piece of your heart in there piece of your heart and when you you send it out into the world you're pretty guaranteed that somebody's going to not like it and tell you how they don't all the ways in which they don't like it and that is hard and I, in the world now with 
online reviews and blogs and you know goodreads social and media social media and you know the people who you know and you have a presence on social media you know not authors not all authors do but you you know you you are you post regularly you're on there so you're kind of opening yeah you know, up to a lot more feedback I know it's a trick and I not think always positive yeah mo- I mean right and, and then the people that like tag you on a one-star review and you're like you know I get that you didn't love the book <laughs> but could you just not tag me like untag. you can yeah. actually I'll show you how to untap I know how to do it believe me I've already I've learned um you've had to learn yeah, it's how you have to learn. Um, so I would say the lesson I have learned about this business, and you know, and I, I mean, I literally, my first book came out when you were eight months old and now you're yeah. 23. So it's been a long time that I've been in this business. Um, it's actually mom. First one was dedicated to me and this one, that this one is one third dedicated to me. It's dedicated to you and your brother and, and Nicole, but I'm there. You are a hundred percent there. First name. Absolutely. And every book, really, Claire, you should know. Every book is dedicated to you. Even if it's clear. Yeah. And just in case you were worried. Um, the thing I have learned about this business is that it really, you're just gonna have to develop a tough skin. And that doesn't mean it always has to be tough. And and when you get bad news, I mean to this day, right? It's it's wine and a pint of ice cream. Um, and a lot of tears and then, you know, yeah, Ben and Jerry's I'm, fish food, Ben and Jerry's fish food, um, and rosé, um, yeah. unless it's winter and then red wine and um, a funny movie or a book. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Fun. And then a lot of sleep, um, because that's all very exhausting. And then you have to come back to it. And I think if you want to be an author, you can't quit. That's the trick, right? You just, you have to have a lot of, you have to be really stubborn and thankfully, as Claire can attest, you are. I'm really stubborn. I'm stubborn. I'm really stubborn. So I think the other thing I, I would tell aspiring authors is that you're going to finish a book and you're going to send it out into the world, uh, you know, and it's going to get rejected or accepted or whatever. And no matter what happens with that book, you got to sort of just while you're waiting, which you're going to wait, that's crazy. I mean, you're going to send a book out and it could be months it's before you hear anything. And so you know, you have to start the next book because if you get to, if you're going to have an, a career as an author, you're going to write more than one book. And if you get too sort of hooked and, and attached to one book, it really, it's not, it's not good for the next book. You have to sort of just say, okay, I've done the best I can on that book. And now I'm going to shift and, and move my focus to whatever comes next. And that I think is the Don't best. fight back, fight forward. That's exactly. Don't fight back, fight for it. And, you know, you can't be, when people say, um, you know, this didn't work for me or, you know, you can't really fight with them, right? Because that's the problem with this business too, is it's completely subjective, right? So somebody's going to read your book and think it's a masterpiece. And that might be, you know, your husband or your children. And somebody is going <laughs> to read friend. it and think it's, you know, that they would use it as toilet paper. And it's just, you know, you just have to say, well, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I wish they didn't post them all over, but that's the way it goes. I know it's brave. You're brave. You have to be brave. You have to be brave. And in the beginning, I think it, it feels like stupidity, <laughs> um, but you do. Well, I think that they're kind of like, right. Yeah. Like 
two sides of a coin. Right. It's like insanity, the definition of insanity, right? Yeah, exactly. Do the same thing over and expect a different result. But you're not doing it the same way. And I do think that I feel like is, you know, Malcolm Gladwell talks about 10,000 hours and that, you Mm -hmm. know, you become an expert at something or proficient or whatever word master you something at 10,000 master it at 10, hours you have to put it. I think I'm in I think I'm in 10,000 hours now I mean maybe but I still I still feel like every book gets better like I feel like this is my best book and then the, the next book that I've just written actually now is my best book I'm really excited to read your next book I know speaking of I know I feel kind of cool knowing are you willing to give the audience any sneak peeks of what you're working on now no (laughs) I mean I think I will so here's what's going on no you're not allowed (laughs) to do it either I think the thing about it is that I don't know where this you know I don't know who's gonna publish the book and I don't know how it might things might change in editing that's the other thing is you know you write a book uh you think it's uh, you know pretty much fabulous and then somebody else says oh no it's not and so I don't I'm a and I don't know if the title will change all I can say it is is it's a standalone it's not part of a series uh it's a it's a very different book for me it's a single point of view of a woman and that's all she's gonna give you that's all I'm gonna say but obviously you know as soon as I am able to talk about it it'll you will I will and it'll show my um Instagram feed at, you know, at, at Danielle Gerard books or on my website at Danielle, uh, Danielle or wherever I can share it, you know, I will sing it from the rooftops once I know, but yeah, it's, it's tricky. And then I'm starting a new book. Um, and it's sort of that it's in that magical, I don't really know what's going to happen. So you don't really want to talk about that either because I, I sometimes worry if I talk about it too much, I'll be like, Oh, well, I already talked about it. I don't need to write it now. (laughs) So do you, usually kind of work on multiple things at once um like multiple are you writing multiple stories at once so I traditionally haven't done that you know you're always working on sort of the you're promoting the book that's coming out and you're editing the book that's next and then you're working on whatever will be after that so there's always sort of books multiple books in process but in terms of actually writing more than one book at once I have not traditionally done that, but I am doing it now because I'm working on a collaboration. Um, so exciting. Yeah, it's super fun with two incredibly talented suspense author friends, women. And um, I can't talk more about that either, but <laughs> that is obviously as soon as that's, there's more information on that. There's I a will. lot coming. Yeah, there's a lot coming and I And I really, you know, in addition, I, as I mentioned, I have a fourth book I would love to write or fifth book I'd love to write for the Schwartzman series. I have um, and I know that's your favorite. Uh, Claire has a favorite yes. series. Um, and I also would love to go back and write sort of an origin story for the Rookie Club, which was my very first series. So I have not read. You have not read that. Yeah. So it's, um, and I forgive you. I did tell you guys that you weren't allowed to read my book. I, yeah, it was, I started 30. with Exhum yeah. and I fell in love with Annabelle um, and Hal. And I read that series. And I think as much as I, and I, I adore Lily and I actually, I really have loved the Badlands thriller series. I think, and it's also cool to have seen like the writing chain. Like, I just think it's like, it's like, you've just grown in these books. And I feel like I, I see that in your writing and I, I love the, 
this series, but there's something Exuma has a special place in my heart because it was the first series I read by you. And I think it was the first time where I was like, my mom is a little bit, uh, or you know what I mean? <laughs> but <laughs> in like a good- That's the like, first time you realized it was reading was the like, book? I, I, know. I knew way before that, but it was interesting <laughs> to like see a different part of you. You know, my entire childhood, I was, I grew up and you were in the basement writing mm-hmm. and I wasn't allowed to read what you were writing. And you were, it was, there was less like market. It wasn't really around us ever. And then Exhume, there was kind of like a new chapter in, in your career. And I began reading then. And I, I did, I just fell in love with you through your writing and with, and with the, with that story. And I love Annabelle and I, I love Hal and I hate Spencer, but you know, but I, I really did. I loved, I loved that series. Yeah. Um, so it was the first time I just, I feel like I got to, I got to like peek into your world. Well, and it's amazing. I mean, first of all, Claire, um, as we, you know, wrap this up, I want to say, I'm so grateful for you um, interviewing me. I mean, it's not a lot of moms are lucky enough to have such an incredibly brilliant, articulate, fabulous child who, who likes them. <laughs> That's probably the real trick. Um, and you know, who's been so supportive of my career because, you know, that isn't usually how that's not usually the, your, you know, your children's role, but you are, um, and I love that you love Annabelle. I love Annabelle and I can, you know, I think there is something to, it's sort of, it's like picking a child, which I refuse to do. I know you were going to ask me. I was the, my last question. I'll still ask it. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I I love them all all in different ways. I know. Well, that, so let's, our final question is, and this is the hard hitting one. Who's your favorite child? <laughs> you, can, uh, I, you know what? I hate, I have a favorite daughter. My favorite daughter. Cop out. And my favorite cop out. I know it is a cop out, but I, I think. No, I know you can't, I'm just teasing, but. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to, I refuse to answer. Both know. <laughs> oh, Claire. I'm just kidding. My favorite child is my dog. That you could say Georgie. I don't. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> we do right. We have we Claire and I have twin, not twins, but we have um, we have baby puppies that l- uh, love each other more than they love us. That's that is true. That is definitely I true. Yeah, that true. Say that. Teddy loves me the most. No, Teddy does. He loves you the most. Georgie could kind I don't, of. And I think yeah he doesn't really love any he loves himself the most I think it's actually a healthy attitude well it's good I mean I think self-care and and self-love is very important so I'm excited to come home to that I know I know and um and this was amazing and I'm really really grateful and this book is dedicated to Claire and her brother you know because I'm a and my aunt and and my aunt and it does sister my aunt it says for Claire and Jack my greatest blessings for the gifts of joy, laughter, love, and awe that you each bring to my life and to the world. And that is 100% nonfiction right there. I love so, you each to the moon. I love you each to and the Nicole. moon. Nicole, she's in there too. Yes. Well, I'm really excited for you, mom. It has been so much fun talking to you today about your book. I love you endlessly. You are one of the really truly one of the coolest people I've, I've ever met or known about I just I don't think enough people know just how strong and, and tenacious and resilient and compassionate you are and 
I could tear up thinking about you and how lucky I am to, to, to have you as a mom. Wow. Well, that is the most beautiful gift ever. And Claire, you are, you are version, you're your own version, but you are already so far ahead of where I was. And I cannot wait to see the amazing things you do. Um, and congratulations on your honors graduation, your honors, your honors degree. And thank you so much for being the one to interview me on my new book. So everybody is out now. See how darling my daughter is. Now you have to go buy a copy. Please for me. I'll see you. Okay. This has been Killer Women. And I, I it's been it's me, your normal host, Danielle Gerard, being uh, being interviewed by my incredibly fabulous, brilliant, wonderful, gorgeous, all the words. More adjectives. Yeah. More adjectives, more adjectives, daughter Claire. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next time.